D-S-N-Y. Saturday, and once again, Lean and I are back in the lab, back making podcasts for your entertainment. We received nothing but praise for this. Uh, in reality, it'd be nice to get a little something extra. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Something, man. Just something, just something. Uh, Lean, what's going on? Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, bro. Um, yeah, I'm the, freezing to death. What about you? Yeah, uh, I'm a... I, I'm not freezing, although I was outside earlier today, double masked for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in my neighborhood, the wind isn't that bad. So I walk out, it's like, oh, it's cold outside, but I've got a heavy jacket on, so I'm fine. That's uh, nice. It's very windy out here. Yeah, I mean, I, I can hear the wind out here, but it's not it's not crazy like like other days. Yeah, no, that, that's good, that's good. Anyway, but, uh, but uh, besides the weather, you're having a good weekend? Yeah, pretty chill. Um, start off with a quick little note. Oh, a little, a little, a little ditty from Lena Mean. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, it's not a big story. It was just like, you know, an inconvenience. I was, uh, I have a friend from college. She's like been in Manhattan for, mm-hmm. on Roosevelt Island, actually. Roosevelt Island, nice. Yeah. All so right. I haven't seen her in a couple months, so we decided to meet up. And we decided to meet in Prospect Park. Okay. And so like I've mentioned, I live on Long Island and in order to get to Prospect Park, you have to take the Jackie Robinson Highway. Um, have you, are you familiar with it? Wait, what did that used to be called? Ooh, I don't Jackie know. Jackie Robinson Highway, cause like, is that like on the way, is that after you get on the Triborough or? No, no, it's like. Here, I, I'm, I'm Googling you... this as we speak, Jackie Robinson Highway or Parkway? Oh, Parkway, Parkway, sorry. Um, it's Jackie like, Robinson Parkway. Okay, yeah. It's like a really small two-lane highway, always jam-packed with traffic. Um, oh so yeah, I, yeah. It's like, um, yeah, it's by East New York in Brooklyn. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like, I'm on it, and like everything was moving fine, and I just get stuck in the most obnoxious traffic, and like the rule is for the Jackie Robinson trucks aren't allowed on it. It turns oh. out a truck was on it, and there's like this, uh, like. I don't know, it, under a bridge area, a truck like went driving underneath it. And oh, just, and it got stuck. Dude, the oh, entire no. top of the truck fell off the thing. Mm. It was so, <laughs> oh, it was so bad. I felt so bad for the driver. He's going to be so screwed. Yeah. Well, f- fortunately, like the truck probably has insurance, but his, like the dispatcher is going to be like, why'd you take this on the Robinson? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He definitely yeah. got in trouble, but yeah. Yeah. No. Well, next time you, uh, ne- uh, this is a friend from college. You said right. Next time yeah, you should. Yeah. yeah. Next time you should go out to Roosevelt Island, take a walk to the park, and try to find the feral cat colony. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Look up Roosevelt Island feral cats. There's like oh a whole. There's like gosh. a whole colony. Oh my gosh. Wild. Okay. I'm as soon as we hang up, I'm looking this up. That's yeah. Crazy. Uh, okay. Well, I don't have anything like that. I mean, but like, just traffic just sucks in general. Yeah, like you're I, lucky you live in the city and don't really drive. I mean, we we didn't get stuck in traffic on this on this instance, but a couple of years ago, we actually drove with a couple of friends to a wedding in Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like driving from New York to Kentucky, that's like twelve hours, give or mm-hmm. take. But coming back, we got um, caught in the back end of Hurricane Nate. 
this was um so we're we're driving back um the day that greg bird hits that home run against cleveland in the world series are so you we, serious yeah so like i'm following the game on my phone we're driving back but because it's the back end of a hurricane and because my friend's car at the time was older than dirt uh we were driving at like half the speed limit just to make sure that the car was okay and so it, it wound up taking about like 18 to 20 hours to get home oh my gosh i hated it it was that so sounds bad. dreadful yeah oh. but in happier news i got a text notification from my doctor's office today uh the answer is no i'm not getting vaccinated but the good news is that um they sent a message saying hey we know you're a patient here once it's your turn to be vaccinated we're going to give you a call and i just went nice. i'm like great great i am uh yeah because i don't know uh, you probably heard in uh, in new jersey they had this they had this system where you go you go to like covid.nj.gov or whatever something like that and then you answer a bunch of questions like input all your information and register on the state site so that this way when you're able to go get a vaccine or when it's your turn they'll the state will just reach out to you or a doctor's office will and then be like hey come on down right right yeah, yeah. so and my step my stepfather apparently has already had the first dose of the vaccine so, oh wow yeah i know a few people who have gotten the first dose yeah, yeah. well he well he's a uh, he just turned 69 so then what well, what is a uh, moderna or pfizer uh i don't know but apparently I, I saw on the news right before we um right before we started recording that johnson and johnson, johnson, did, johnson. Yeah. well they're they're submitting their application to the fda this coming week mm -hmm. so i watched something on it last night yeah yeah, I mean, hey, like they only they only uh, give you one dose. So once that becomes available, if I can get my get a an appointment to do that, I would gladly. Yeah, so much more convenient. Of, for yeah, sure. yeah. Plus, I hate needles. Like oh. I've, got, I've got three tattoos, and I hate needles. It's it's so weird. Right. <laughs> yeah. I feel you there. Terrified of needles. Yeah, it's fine. When this is over, you and I are going to get COVID matching COVID tattoos. It's going to be great. Not a chance in hell. Come on, uh, come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to get one at least. So you could do that with someone else. Probably. Yeah. Then you could roast me for it on the pod. Exactly. Anyway, we've got a lot to get to and not a lot of time today, folks. But so Lane, let's kick this off right here. Compared to when we last recorded up until now, the Yankees rotation is 10 times better. I'd say, oh, man. man, look, I always dog Brian Cashman. I dog the Yankees, but this off season has gone pretty, pretty well for the Yankees um it's what I, I would it's what i would call a quietly very good offseason yes for sure i love the addition of tyone i think he makes this rotation a lot better um and i think we're pretty good it's it's a high risk high reward rotation there's a chance it doesn't work out of course but i think cashman did a really good job i mean i immediately started following him on instagram after the fact um and he's posting a lot of videos of him throwing he looks good yeah, he does and, look good. And yeah. you, you can hear just the way the ball's hitting the mitt, like bam, 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 the fastball's there. Sure. Um, and I wrote about this in an article. I think it was the day of his presser. I think that on the whole, this is a sign of how Garrett Cole is in charge of the pitching rotation right now, or or is like, you know how CC was yeah. like the leader in the locker room for not just the pitchers, but the guys. I think that, I don't know if Garrett Cole has the leadership is leader is leading the entire locker room right now but mm -hmm. you could tell he's starting to leave his mark on the pitching staff because i read this this great report from joel sherman in the new york post 
apparently, first off, Cole and Tyon were drafted by the Pirates within a year of each other. Yeah. They yeah. met in the minors, and according to Sherman, became fast friends. I, and you got to figure, like Tyon says, oh, what's it like living with Garrett Cole? Good wine, five-star five star meals, and lots of pitching talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, and, they're both absolute nerds who just love pitching, bro. They love baseball. They love what they do. And that's so good for the Yankees. What, what's that movie from the 80s where, where, like, the guys, they, like, try to create the perfect woman out of a bunch of magazine clippings, but they're so Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What movie was that? Yeah. Uh, weird that's, Science, Weird Science. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird, yeah, there's gonna be like a weird science pitching reboot, reboot starring Garrett Cole and Jameson Tyon. I swear, man. Yeah. No, but but backtracking, I think now though, you're what you're gonna see, and especially with Corey Kluber there, uh, who's got ties to the trainer Eric Cressy. Mm-hmm. I think that what you're gonna see is a lot more focus on pitching analytics because you got Matt Blake who knows it like the back of his hand, Garrett Cole, who the moment he leaves a game instead of just sitting down relaxing, he has the pitching chart in his hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that, and I said this in my article, I think that what you're going to see, you're going to see this new culture of almost accountability come within the pitching staff where they're constantly working together, trying Mm -hmm. to make each other better. And like, you know what I'm talking about? Just like, okay, like this approach didn't quite work. Let's try this. How do we spin our fastballs and curveballs better? And And in terms of Corey Kluber, I mean, I, I am still very skeptical that he's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Like you heard me say it on the pod last year. If he throws more than, what was it? 110 innings or 125? One of those two, right? You wrote, I, I literally wrote it down. Cause you said you were here. Oh yeah. Le- Lean's pulling up. Uh, you're about to use my words against me again. A hundred and ten. It's 110 innings. A reminder for everyone here, if Corey Kluber throws more than 110 innings this season, I will personally apologize to him on this podcast. We're going to get him on the podcast and you're going to issue a formal apology. Oh, God. If, if, the Klubot the Klubot. Comes, if, if the Klubot comes on this podcast, I will grovel before his feet and beg for mercy. <laughs> um, but anyway, backtracking. I'm, act- uh, I'm actually slightly more optimistic about Corey Kluber right now. Yeah, you better be. Uh, well, no, I just I did some research. I thought he had surgery on the shoulder. Turns out he didn't. He did. He, say what? He did not. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He thought. Yeah. It. It looks like he just had like a PRP injection and otherwise rehabbed it. Uh. Eric Cressy and Matt Blake know him from their time in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Or Blake does. Cressy was just his trainer during the offseason. If they say he's good, I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. Yeah. These are people who know him way better than I do. Look, Josh, like, I've been roasting you about it, but, like, your concerns are very, like, they're fair concerns. I share the same concerns. I just think that the Yankees' rotation was in such a poor state and the market wasn't good that, you know, why not get Kluber? You know, again, the market was a lot, but hopefully it'll be at least kind of worth it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if I would have signed him for that much money, but, again, like, the market was bad. On a one-year deal, fine. I'll right. take them, but I'm going to complain about it. Right. right. Um, but anyway, the reason I'm not as concerned anymore, the the muscle he damaged, the terrace major, apparently that's kind of in the lat family. Mm-hmm. And I was and I was talking to my um to my friend Alec, the the hitting coach who also played yeah. college ball. He said, and he said, like, oh, if it's if it's in the lat family, you could probably get away with rehab, some massage. But at the same time, like Luis Severino two years ago. Aaron Boone said, oh, he felt something lat back of the shoulder at the start of spring training. We don't see him until September. Right, 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 right. So I think that 
you got to trust Corey Kluber when he says he feels good because yeah. he's a, he's a two-time Cy Young guy. He knows his arm better than anybody. Mm-hmm. But like, you also want to keep him on that short leash just to make just to make sure that like you're not overextending him. Definitely he's not don't overwork him, and he shouldn't be going deep into games for sure. Keep yeah. him on, keep him around like I'd say 75, 80 pitches just yeah. to start. Yeah, and like and at least just see how he does in spring training. Uh, but the good news of Tyon and Kluber, that is supplanted by some very bad news. Masahiro Tanaka has gone back to Japan to play for the Rakuten Golden Eagles. Uh, Lean, you're a, you're a big Tanaka fan. How are you feeling? I, I'm sad. I mean, what has helped, at least in my case, is that I, I was certain this was coming. I've been yeah. fairly certain for a few months now. So kind of like I was I felt like I was eased into it. Um, and also, I don't know why, I do have a feeling that we haven't seen the last of Tanaka and Pinstripes. Maybe it's just like, you know, just pure optimism and not realistic at all. But, you know, I really hope that he does end up coming back. He's been so good for us. I, I don't even think I'm exaggerating when I say he's one of the best postseason pitchers I've seen in my lifetime. Um, I, I love Tanaka, you know, and he he did really well for the Yankees. Great yeah. guy, great pitcher. Yeah. He was one of those few players who I look at, I watch him, and, like, we'll throw Andy Pettit, David Cohn, yeah. Derek Jeter. There's certain players who are just designed to be Yankees. Right, right. Yeah. And Masahiro Tanaka, just with, like, with his fun-loving personality, that strong work ethic – turning it up to a different level in the playoffs. He, he knew that when he came over from Japan, he was going to be something very special. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember I went to his first ever game at Yankee Stadium in 2014. That's so sick. I was there with, it was Yankees Orioles. I went with my friend who's an Orioles fan. <laughs> uh, Baltimore won in extra innings. Oh. But just watching him pitch, because like, I remember the week before he made his debut in Toronto. I think, like the first the first batter, he was facing Melky Cabrera, lead off home run, something like that. It was a very welcome to the big news <laughs> moment. And then, of course, like since Yankee fans have that anxiety, oh, he, is he a bust? Is he not? Can he pitch in New York? Yeah, seven yeah. seven innings, ten strikeouts, like during a loud Yankee Stadium, fully packed, just waiting for him to make his debut. Right, right. Um, I also agree with you. I don't think we've seen the last of him. Yeah, because. His market was pretty slow in yeah. free agency this year. I think the Blue Jays checked in at one point, so did the Brewers, but they were only offering, I think, uh, $10 million a year. Right. Um, so I, and he's also young enough. He's 32, 33. He can go back to Japan for, two, uh, for a year or two. Mm-hmm. He can come back to the United States without having to worry about being posted. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, all in all, even if he doesn't, pitch another inning in major league baseball or for the Yankees, you know, that it's going to be like a Hideki Matsui situation where he signs a one day contract and retires a Yankee. Oh, absolutely. You know, this dude loves to be a Yankee. I just read something that like that he had said, he just, after the offs, after the season ended, he was so sure he wanted to be a Yankee, whatever, whatever. And then he was like, I guess they just wanted to go a different route. You know, this guy loved being in the Bronx. Yep. Loved wearing pinstripes. Like you said, even if he doesn't, you know, play for the Yankees ever again, he's sure as hell going to retire uh, a Yankee. So, yeah. I just remember from his, from 
his introductory press conference in 2014. The Yankees paid almost $200 million just to, just to talk to, just to get this guy. They, they paid, I think, $20 million just to have the right to negotiate with him and then sign him to the seven-year $150 million deal. And the first things he says at the microphone in, I don't want to say broken English, but he was still mastering the language. Yeah. He said, hello, my name is Masahiro Tanaka. I'm very proud to be a Yankee. Yeah, man. Yeah. And for like, and you could see just a smile on his face. He was like a kid in the candy store. Yeah, he yeah. was so excited. He just overwhelmed with emotion. For sure, and, and I feel like we all fell in love with him from that moment. That yeah. Was- so uh, Masahiro Tanaka, thanks for the memories. Uh, Lane, actually, you know this is a good time. What is your favorite Masahiro Tanaka moment of all time? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, is it bad that I don't have one? Also, uh, I do have amnesia, so it takes me a while to like remember this stuff. I don't have one off the top of my head. I can think of a couple for my end um, while you're thinking. First off, the I don't want to take away from game three against Cleveland because he pitched like an absolute monster in that. That's With, one of the ones I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. But game five that same year against the Astros, game mm-hmm. five of the ALCS, where he just like shuts everyone down and then like strikes a guy out, then does the whole like, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like the, like the Jabba Chamberlain reaction. Yeah. Because yeah. like, you don't normally see that from Japanese pitchers because they're taught like, you know, like keep everything down. Like don't diss the other guy by showing emotion. Yeah. Don't show anybody up. And then for him just to get, in October baseball, just get caught up in that moment with a guy when when there's runners on base just to maintain the shutout. That was fantastic. And, of course, I want to talk about the Fenway shutout from a couple of years ago. Masahiro Tanaka and Chris Sale, the Yankees win. Tanaka just silences the Red Sox bats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was one I mean, of those. The- are, th- those are some of mine, too. Um Okay, I have one that I was just reminded of, actually. What's that? Um, it, I don't think it's my number one favorite, but I was at this game, so it's a little, you know, it, it hits close to home. 2015, the Subway Series at City Field um, could completely just, like, destroyed the Mets. Uh, he had two, he allowed two hits in seven innings pitched. Dude was lights out, bro. That was just, like... And it was just, you could tell the Mets fans in City Field were just so deflated. And Tanaka was just owning them, bro. And he actually got on base, too. So it was sick. He was doing it on both sides of the ball. And I remember Mets fans were so mad. It was uh, a little cold. So Tanaka, like, got on base. I think he had a hit. And um, he got on base, and uh, the first base coach put a jacket on him. And the fans <laughs> were so mad that they started heckling him for that. They were like, oh, you're a sissy, whatever, whatever. And it, it was glorious. Yeah. Mets fans are kind of merciless with that kind of uh... – with that kind of trash talk like you've probably seen the one clip from i think it was the first ever game in city field the mets are playing the braves and this one guy is just being way mean to matt diaz remember him yeah i don't (laughs) yeah it's like in the whole video it's like hey diaz nobody likes you and then finally one point hey diaz your socks don't match and then diaz actually checked his socks (laughs) uh anyway they're funny man they are funny, and that's a perfect segue to the next show. Because first off, massive thanks to Masahiro Tanaka. I don't think he is a Hall of Famer, but considering how beloved he is, I wouldn't be shocked if they let him in on that stupid modern era committee that exists now. He's in my Hall of Fame. 
He is in the Fans Hall of Fame, hands down. He is a unanimous inductee. Absolutely. Unanimous. But uh, anyway, folks, this is Yankees Mets Express, and we obviously can't spend all our time talking about the Yankees, so we got to talk some Mets. And this is the introduction of a brand new feature of the show that we're going to try it out today. We're probably going to do it once a month, maybe once every six weeks or so. We're going to see how we like doing this. This is a segment called Ask a Mets Fan. Da, 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 da. We don't have theme music yet, so I'm making music and clapping my hands. Yeah, give us a sound and theme song. Why are we poor? I don't know. I don't know. I got one of these days, uh, COVID's going to be over. We're not going to have to record this inside our houses anymore. Oh, true. I can't. Anyway, so, uh, Lena, who is the Mets fan that we have with us today? Drum roll, please. <laughs> I feel like all of our listeners are very familiar with him by now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's my younger brother, Sif. Hey, welcome to the show, Sif. How are you? Well, thank you for uh, having me on. I am uh, beyond honored to be the inaugural guest of your Ask a Mets fan segment. All right. Now, uh, let's get to know him for a minute. Uh, you are a lifelong Mets fan, yes? Lifelong Mets fan. Uh, my you? father was a lifelong Mets fan, so I kind of followed in his trail. All right. And a miserable 23 years. <laughs> all right. Well, at least you're honest. Um, all right. Uh, favorite Mets player of all time? Pedro Martinez. I Pedro, do. All right. Yeah. I, 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 my first ever Mets shirt was a black uh, Mets jersey. Pedro Martinez right on the back. Uh, Steve Cohen, if you are listening to this, bring back the black uh, Mets jerseys, especially for the Hard agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. I, I'm a big Yankees fan. I have nothing good to say about the Mets, but those black jerseys from like 2000 up until like 2000, whenever they stopped wearing them, those were dope. Some of the best jerseys in MLB history. To yep. be I always have, whenever I'm playing the show and it's a Yankees Mets game, I always, I always put the black jerseys on for at least one game. Facts, yeah. All right. So safe. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to ask you some questions about the Mets and then you're just going to give us your answers. Uh, just, just be honest as you can, like uh, chip in your opinion. And uh, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do all it. right. All right. Met, ask a Mets fan question number one. Noah Syndergaard, keep him or dump him? It completely depends on what happens this season. I, I cannot give you any answer outside of that because Noah Syndergaard is actually my second favorite player on the team currently. I, I think every Mets fan somewhere deep down in their heart has a lot of love for Noah Syndergaard. But the problem is he's coming off of the Tommy John surgery. He hasn't pitched in, you know, uh, it's over a year now, I believe. And so there are a lot of question marks on how he's going to look coming back. Now, granted, he's posting the videos on social media and he looks good and he's throwing well, but you know, it's, it's the, it's the anomaly of uh, the, the basketball player in the empty gym who doesn't miss the shot. It all depends on how he looks on the mound when he does come back. So I can't, I'm, I'm reserved on my answer to that question. Out of my love towards him, I'm the biased answers to say that I want to bring him back. But with the, the cap situation and uh, the contracts that we're going to have to start dishing out to the players on the team, like I said, his performance, it's entirely contingent on his performance. So I'll leave it at that. Okay, I respect that answer. Uh, question number two, uh, will Francisco Lindor be extended? Yes, 100% yes. I think that the entire reason that they brought him in, Steve Cohen, the reason that he brought him in, was to have that franchise shortstop for the next 10 years and to be perennial contenders with a world-class shortstop at that position and to not have to worry about it 
for the next 10 years. So yes, I think that they're going to start working on a contract as soon as possible. And I am not even slightly worried about uh, them re-signing or signing Francisco Lindor. I definitely want to stay on Lindor for a little bit, just because even though we love to roast the Mets in the show, we, Lean and I are both very much in agreement that when the Mets are good, baseball does better as a whole. And yeah. And when you have someone like Francisco Lindor in Flushing, who's a beloved teammate who can do it all. I mean, no disrespect to Jose Reyes, but I think that he's one of the, he's probably the most exciting shortstop that the Mets have had since we're going to do a throwback here there. Uh, you guys, uh, you're probably not old enough to remember Ray Ordonez. Don't remember him, but like, like I know enough about him. Yeah. So Ray Ordonez on the Mets, he was like, he was the last of, I guess the old school shortstops when it was truly yeah. a defensive position. I just remember seeing this one play where he's going for a foul pop-up and he legit leapfrogged into the stands to make the catch. Right. It was, it looked more like a wide receiver going to make a catch. Yeah. And he made it. And like it, he got so banged up, he busted his forearm once, I think, trying to make a play. Yeah. And he was never really the same after that. But with Francisco Lindor, you've got that one player who's going to do it all, who's going to leave it all out in the field. You can, he's not going to be afraid to get hurt or, or worry about his stats like Reyes did towards the end. But I, I Josh, but, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned uh, these guys because, um, like, as I've mentioned before, I, I write for the Rising Apple as well, fan-sided uh, Mets website. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote a piece about what how Francisco Lindor is already more unique than any other shortstop in Mets history. And, yeah, Jose Reyes uh, is, you know, cons- I, I, I personally, and the numbers would back me up, Jose Reyes is the greatest shortstop in Mets history, up until now at least. And... Um, Lindor is just so different from these guys because first of all, he's the first shortstop to be a five tool guy. None of these guys could do it all. Yeah. Um, Safe. I'd actually love to get your input on this because Lindor, obviously he's not changing positions anytime soon, but lean, you just said he's a five tool guy. That means that once his legs start to go, because let's be honest, they're going to go at some point. Like a move to the outfield or even a DH, like he could still be very productive in that role, right? Oh, you're asking me. So yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think I think the his historical performances have completely backed that up, you know. And and those reasons specifically are one of the reasons that I'm mentioning that there's there's almost no downside, no risk to giving him that ten year, multi 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 million dollar extension right. contract, you know. Uh, I. Do, I don't have specific numbers or statistics to back it up, but, you know, I definitely am not worried about a transfer of position.